Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the IME Podcast. My name is Dominic Kilworth, athlete, personal trainer, business owner, and personal development enthusiast. I'm joined alongside with Jackson Tippett, who is also a personal trainer, influencer, and fitness model. Together, we are your host of this podcast, where with each episode, we'll bring you an inspiring message or person to help you live your best life. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Now, let's get into it. Will that work? Okay. We're just gonna have to start. <laughs> um, oh man, what a what a! For everyone that's listening, we tried about a hundred times to get Ron on, and um, <laughs> we finally connected. So um, I'm gonna introduce um, today's guest. We got Ron Harris on board, 51 years of age. Uh, he's a longtime bodybuilder and current writer of Muscular Development Magazine. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's uh, one of the best bodybuilding magazines probably in the world at the moment. And um, I'm honoured to have you on. How are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. All the way in Brisbane, Australia. Yeah, man. Whereabouts are you in USA? Uh, so I'm a little south of Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, nice. It's probably snowing there now, is it? No. No? Uh, no, we're, in, uh, we're still in our summer. It's been like uh, over 90 degrees most days. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I'm not sure what that is in Celsius. We still have Fahrenheit. But in winter, you go you snow, don't you? Oh, yeah, we get sometimes up to, let's see, to metric about. I've, we've had as much as a, about a meter of snow at once at a few times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't deal with that. <laughs> um, Good if you lived do you, Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself, man, about your background and how you started out pretty much in the fitness industry? Yeah, sure. So I, was, uh, I started training with weights myself back when I was 14. Um, Went to college, and the first uh, first semester of college is when I discovered bodybuilding. I saw Flex magazine. I was hooked. Uh, started getting reading everything I could get my hands on. This is before there was an internet. And uh, started training more seriously. Did my first contest in 1989, March of 89, when I was still 19 years old. And uh, I was going to school for a mass communications major. And the final semester... They would allow us to go out to Los Angeles and do uh, an internship at something related to our field, and we would take a couple classes. And I went to intern at a company called American Sports Network that produced a TV show every month called American Muscle Magazine. And it was a magazine format TV show about bodybuilding with contest coverage, workouts, gossip, cooking, profiles. It was really cool. I was uh, 21 years old when I got out there in early 91. And um, a couple guys had a falling out with the uh, the owner of the company, and I was sort of thrust in the position of producing segments and and uh, going to Gold's Venice and World Gym Venice and working with all these superstars who I had just been reading about in the magazines, not that much, pre- not that much longer before. Um, so I was there. I was with that company. We did. We also went to events like the Mr. Olympia, the Arnold Classic. We do one-hour event specials. So back then, bodybuilding was on television. Um, so we did that, the USA championships we would do every year or two. So I was with that company about eight years and then I transitioned into writing for the magazines and I wrote for a lot of different magazines, but the first one was Iron Man magazine, which is gone now, but I, I owe them a huge debt. They were the first ones to publish me on a regular basis. Muscle Mag International, which unfortunately is also gone, did a lot of work for them, uh, and a lot of other 
other publications. And by 2001, I'd started with Muscular Development. And a few years after that, I sort of became exclusive to them. And as you know now, print magazines aren't really uh, uh, as relevant as they used to be. Everything's gone digital. So I'm the online editor. We produce a lot of video content. And we're uh, active on our American, I'm sorry, American Muscle, Muscular Development YouTube channel with all kinds of things. Yeah, That's nice, Ben. So why did you end up, uh, why did you stay with muscular development? Was that like your favorite out of them all or was there a reason? Well, I'll tell you when, uh, toward, after a couple of years of working for them, I was getting so much, so much monthly work. There was a time when I was doing probably 12 different athlete columns every month, Q&A columns with the athletes, uh, calling them up and writing the column based on what they would tell me, taking notes and recordings. And doing almost doing more and more feature articles, uh, I just had so much work with them that I didn't really need to do anything else, and it just it was easier that way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but still, I didn't really become a full time. I didn't become an employee of the company. Most people didn't realize for many years. Not until early 2017, when that uh, online editor position opened up again. And it had been a few people had done that job in the years prior to that, and. Uh, that plus the magazine work has kept me so busy. There's, there's really no room for anything else anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So are you going to get back on stage again or do you think you're done or what's to go with your uh, bodybuilding career? That's a great question, Jackson. Because <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know the answer yet. Uh, I've got very lean, not contest condition, but probably about 80 to 85% of that uh, over the summer. Uh, peaked, peaked just recently for, <laughs> for my little mock my mock diet, just to see what I look like, because I would never be that guy that goes up there looking much worse than he used to, because I've always felt so sorry for that guy uh, at so many of the contests I've been to over the years, and I, I, I never wanted to go back and people saying, he used to be so much better, he was bigger, he didn't have that torn muscle, this and that, so I wanted to make sure, and I think I, think I could do okay, but I still want to have one last off-season to see if I can bring up a couple little areas, and if I'm happy with what I see, I could feasibly do something next year, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd be you'd be masters, wouldn't you? Yeah, we have uh, – typically they divide it over 35, over 40, and over 50. And then some shows it goes up to 60, 70, like the Masters Nationals for, for yeah. uh, different age categories. But I'd, I'd be, I'm in the over 50 for quite a while still. Yeah. How did everything progress? Um, like starting out, everyone starts out in the gym, just loves to lift some weights, put on a little bit of size, tone up. How does that progress to an obsession of bodybuilding for you? How does that progress? What exactly? How how do you go from just starting in the gym to being so obsessed with it where you, you weigh your food? You you know what I mean? Yeah. You want to get on stage. You want to diet down to oh, fuck all body yeah. fat. I'd say, you know, you could call it an obsession because most people never get to that point. Most people are very happy to just go to the gym a few times a week you know, they put out a little bit of effort, but not a lot of effort. They make an effort to eat a little better than the average person, but they're not going to weigh their food. They're not going to eat every two hours every day. They're not going to pack food into, you know, Tupperware containers and take it everywhere they go. That is a much, much higher level of commitment that, you know, like Rich Piana's uh, and the companies say 5%, maybe 5% of people that, that train are that dedicated to it out of all the people that go to the gym. So for me, it was just, I saw those physiques in the magazine in the fall of 1987. And I said, no matter how hard I have to work, how long I have to work, I want to look like one of those guys. That's what I want to look like. 
whatever it takes if I have to. And I, I had very little understanding of that to do that, especially. I might have been scared away if I don't know how much uh, time and effort you have to put into the eating aspect of it. Yeah. How much do you think is um, eating and how much do you think is training to uh, achieve your desired physique? I'd say 50-50. I don't think you can put one over the other. If you're not training hard, it doesn't matter how well you're eating, you're not going to grow. And by you're training hard and you're not giving your body the fuel it needs to recover and grow, you're never going to see the results. And you see, yeah. and when you rest, you have to throw rest into that equation. Because a lot of people these days, they brag about not sleeping. They do that hashtag, <laughs> team, team no sleep, and they brag, I only got four hours, I'm only on four hours sleep. And like, it's a badge of honor, but as a bodybuilder, you need to sleep or else you're never going to see the results you want to. 100%. I know when I get a good sleep to, as opposed to a shit sleep, I literally look a whole different person the next day. Do you, it's crazy. Exactly, tell me this. Do you feel like, do you actually feel physically a little smaller when you've had like a shit night's sleep? I feel smaller, but but also more fluidy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not weird, good. man. It's like a skinny fat. <laughs> yeah. It's all the cortisol. <laughs> yeah, man, 100%. So I can't stress that enough, how important people can go do everything right in their day and they could have a, a shit abrupted three-hour sleep and it's not going to mean anything. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in that. I want to ask you what's <clears> – obviously food's a massive part into what you do. Are you one of these more flexible dieters or are you strict old school, you know – you, you six foods, low, lower carbs as you go into comp. What's your approach to get, uh, you know, lean? Yeah, because I've, I've, I've did 30 contests over 24 years. It took me a long time to figure my body out. I never had a coach. So I probably would have saved a lot of time if someone had been, someone who knew more about the matter was assisting me. But I did learn for me, it's just eating the same. If I'm trying to get leaner, it's all about just eating super clean, cut the carbs back. I still have carbs, but I arrange them around the workout. I tell people now that I assist with diets before the workout and after the workout are the only times you really need carbs. If you're trying to get lean, no other meals, you really require them. So I keep it pretty, pretty low carb. Um, that's worked for me. I didn't, I don't do, I don't believe in the, if it fits your macros thing, I know I'm going to get blasted for that, but I don't, I don't believe you should be dieting on pop tarts. Yeah. Are you, um, when you lower your carbs, obviously they'd get fairly low, uh, the leaner you get. Do you introduce fats or you still keep them low? Yeah, I do. I do bump up the fats, mostly in the form of like salmon, uh, raw nuts. Uh, I still got, I still have four whole eggs every morning for breakfast along with oatmeal. So I'm getting them from natural sources, but I'd say my calories don't go down drastically because. I still have, I started off as sort of more leaning toward the ectomorphic body type when I was young. I was a very thin kid. I still have that vestiges of that metabolism. And when I start dieting, it's, at a certain point, it starts cranking again. And I, if I could, I've, I've experimented with much lower calories and I just end up losing so much muscle doing it that way. Yeah. And do you, are you a big believer in doing more output to get away with a bit more food or would you rather? not do the output and your food's very, very low. I would do more cardio, more cardio yeah. so I can eat more. I like to eat yeah. more. I don't like to starve. Food. I think it works better, not only the mental aspect, but also obviously you can get more nutrients in when you are cutting, like, you know, you can raise your protein and instead of going zero carbs, you can still have a little bit of carbs. You just got to put in the work. 
Yeah, I've never gone zero carbs ever. Yeah, man. There's um many many people that do it. I I've heard of thousands of people to do it. To oh yeah, honest. tons of people do very well with keto. I have tried it. Did not like it. Didn't like the way I looked. Didn't like the way I felt. I said, if I can get lean and still eat carbs, why not? Why, you know, there's there's no one way that works for everybody. Or just because keto works for you doesn't mean the other method, the cabin carb, wouldn't work for you, and vice versa. I think they all they all arrive at the same place eventually. Oh, I totally agree. What's been your favorite part in bodybuilding? Uh, maybe going to the shows, doing the interviews. What's been your number one memory so far? Man, so many. I mean, just being able to be part, you know, because I've gone to, con- there have been a few times rarely over the years, recent years, where I've gone to contests and I wasn't working. Geez, only a couple rare occasions I can even think of, but it, I, it didn't feel right because I loved being able to be, you know, backstage and know all the people and be sort of part of it as the media side rather than just a spectator because you get to know all the pe- all the athletes, the promoters, the judges, the coaches, you know, it's a small world. Everybody, everybody that goes to multiple events every year sort of knows everybody else. You see the same faces and you, you know, you make friendships and you know these people for years and years. So, you know, I was, I was blessed to start out right away where I had access to these pros and I got to know some of them from the very start of their careers before anybody knew about them, watched them blossom into these national champions. And some of them went on to win the Arnold Classic multiple times, the Mr. Olympia, and to be able to see them after that still be around to see them retire and start businesses and families and, you know, move on to other chapters of their lives successfully. It's been, it's been such a cool ride. Yeah, absolutely, man. Must be so many good memories. Is the Olympia your favorite um, show of the year to go to? Yeah, I would say so. It's, it's our Super Bowl. It's, there's electricity in the air. Everybody goes, that's the one show everyone usually ends up. If you haven't seen someone in a year, you'll see him again at the Olympia. Hundred um, percent. That leads me to my next question: Your top three for the Mister O this year in the open class. Who do you have? Oh boy, let's see. <laughs> big Rom. Oh, no particular order. I got Big Rami, Brandon Curry, and I think Hadi Chupan is going to be strong. Hadi could be. Hadi could push Rami this year. The way he's looking now. Yeah, I haven't seen. He does, he's one to not post a lot. Um, but I know he's going to bring it. Like, he had the condition, and he's definitely, you know, put on size. So I think he's going to be a threat for sure. If, if I, I hope to God, he can get to the USA sooner this time. Uh, yeah, but looks, I, yeah, that's, I, I was having a conversation with someone about that uh, last Olympia, and we're just like, if you're at that level and you're the third best at something in the world, yeah. why wouldn't you just go over fucking a month, if not two months before? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I know he owns a gym. I know he's married and he has children. So maybe he feels he can't do that or he'd feel guilty doing that. Or I don't know what the circumstances are, but Rami last year by coming to the U.S., I think it was six weeks early, staying with Dennis James, it made a massive difference. He was finally able to get a little bit extra conditioning that we hadn't seen, and that pushed him over the edge. I, I remember two years ago when Hadi came to his first Olympia, yeah, 2019, yeah, he, uh, he got here a couple weeks ahead of time. He looked fantastic. Took third place. I think he even got some second-place votes that year. Uh, last year, he ended up, I think, you know, it was COVID. That was trap. Trump was still president. We had COVID right in the middle of the pandemic. He got here, I think, oh, 24 hours before the contest or something, or 24 hours before he had to check in. He was holding over 20, 20 pounds of water they had to flush out of him. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, was this Hadi? Yeah, Hadi Chupan we're talking about. But he still looked phenomenal on stage. Yeah, but I'm saying he, I bet he could have looked even better if he didn't have to deal with all that. So you reckon he maybe could have won? Don't know. Maybe. He's, yeah. got things that, he's got things that Rami doesn't have. He's got a lot more detail, much cleaner, deeper separation in the muscle groups. Yeah. Um, striations, splits. It's a, there's a lot going on in that physique. And you think, um, like, Brandon's upper body is great, but uh, the question is, do you think he can bring his legs up? He hasn't done it his whole career, so why this year? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. I want to see what he can actually show for improvement because, like you said, I've, I've seen people bring their legs up, but if it hasn't happened to a significant degree and they've been really trying their hardest for a couple of years, it's not, they're never going to have Rami quads, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that's going to let him down. Other than that, I think he's got a, you know, it's a really clean, nice, you know, presentable physique. Oh, it's aesthetically, it's, 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 it's so much prettier than, than Rami's physique aesthetically. Yeah. No, no question. It's a beautiful, beautiful physique. And the question everyone wants to know is, uh, what's happening with Phil Heath? Do you have any insight? <laughs> I, I don't. I wish I did because it's I, – I hope he's not starting to do the Kai Green trolling, the annual trolling thing where sort of leave, leaves these little vague hints to make us think he's probably doing the Olympia. Uh, I know from the last time I had contact with Dan Solomon a couple weeks ago, he had no knowledge. He had not been contacted by Phil about entering – but then again, Phil doesn't need to qualify. Uh, he could jump in. I don't know how late in the game they would allow something like that. But are they going to say no to Phil Heath if he says, I want to compete? Yeah. So does he look, you know, Sean Ray, we talked last week about this too. Sean doesn't think he looks like he's in prep. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he looks good, but he doesn't look like he's, he's preparing to, to try to win his eighth Olympia. Yeah, I think his career is over, man. I don't think... I don't see how he can fix his midsection any better than the previous year unless he downsizes. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. He actually was was posting up some pictures of his midsection not even a month ago, and it did look like it was smaller and flatter than than it's been in quite a while. How he did that, I have no idea. And would it translate? Was that a one-day thing? Maybe he hadn't eaten all day or something? Yeah. Is that what we're going to see on stage? There's a lot of ifs. Of you, you never know with all of those updated photos. Um, you know, like the likes of Rolly Winkler, like looks incredible, but then, you know, it doesn't really show it up on stage. So it's like pics don't really do justice in my opinion. Some, you know, there's a rare people that they look better in person. There's a lot more people that on Instagram in their favorite little mirror in the gym, with just that awesome, spectacular, favorable lighting and their fa- their best pose. They just look like nobody's possibly beating that nobody yeah i agree do you think um oh Rolly did just make the olympia didn't he due to points yeah he did he squeaked in there and he actually i was uh, i was actually happy to see that he looks to have filled out a little bit since the oh he definitely struggle. changed 100 so that gives me confidence that it's not something where his body was giving out or a serious injury i, I thought maybe we might this might be the beginning of the end for Rolly, but this is encouraging. I think he might be okay. Yeah, and I'm just going to ask one more question about the lineup. What's your thoughts on Nick Walker and where do you see him placing? I'm very, very excited to see him. He's got so much mass, pretty damn good shape. You know, he's the, the crowd loves him. The, the fans love him. I think it's possible he could do as well as fifth place. I don't see him doing any better than that, but 
if he got fifth place in his first Olympia, oh, that's it's very it's very rare these days for someone to do that. Usually it takes people a few Olympias to, to get anywhere near that. He's pretty certain on his stories that he's going to get the first place. <laughs> well, you know uh, what? Good, good for him. He should be. Yeah, he's very, very confident, man. Um, I don't know. I've got a feeling he might shock some people. Yeah, I mean, like I said, look, look who he's up against. Big Rami, Mr. Current Mr. Olympia. Brandon Curry has already won an Olympia. William Bonac has been second to the Olympia. He's won two Arnold Classics. Uh, Hadi Chupan, one of the most densely muscled human beings that's ever lived. You know, it's it's going to be a very, very tough competitive top five, top six. So for Nick, yeah. to be in, if Nick gets first call out, even with that group, and ends up fifth or sixth. That's a tremendous achievement for a 26-year-old young man like that. Absolutely. I've had a few people say, obviously, Matt Jansen coached him and uh, Dallas. And yeah. a lot of people say Nick is going down the same type of route. Um, do you feel like these young guys are using – and I know this is the sport, but do you feel like these young guys are using too much drugs? Or do you think they're just genetic free? That's who's to say. I mean, I would have to I would have to know what he's using to answer that question. I don't know. Maybe he's talked about it with the, on the Fawad podcast or something, but I would certainly I never asked that question. Even yeah. in private, it's it's really none of my business. I I, I sort of get uh, offended when some of the fans seem like they feel entitled to know that from the pros. It's if that's a question, it's not an optional question to answer that if they ask a pro that question, they're obligated to give them the the truthful answer. Here's what I use exactly. No, no. Let, let 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 me reframe that. I, I probably worded oh, no, that no, wrong. No, I, I understand. Yeah. I understood your question. If I yeah. veered off from my answer, I'm sorry. I don't no, know. no, no. Yeah. More what I want to ask is: Do you feel like, say, the '90s as opposed to now? Do you feel like there's more drugs incorporated? Why are they bigger? Why are their guts? You know, they obviously don't have that flatness and the the lean midsection as much as the nineties. Is there a reason to that? Is it more food? What's your opinion? I believe it's the more widespread use of insulin. That's mainly to blame for that. And do you think they need that? Like to the, to that extent? Well, it's, it's, if you want to see that look where the muscles are extremely round and full and they're not as detailed. Uh, if you look back the nineties, they weren't always so round and full. These guys, Sometimes they'd sacrifice that, like Dorian. You, you couldn't really call Dorian's physique round and full. Yeah. He, he intentionally came into every Olympia flat because his main priority was insane level of detail, hardness, dry look, granite hard muscle. He could have, he could have came in like, uh, you know, the famous picture of him with the black socks. That was, I think, four weeks before one of the Olympias, 93 maybe. And he, he ended up coming into the Olympia about 15 pounds lighter than we saw in that picture, even though he looked ready to go, to my eyes, in those black and white pictures with the black socks. Yeah. So why why are all the Olympians, why are they trying to come in bigger and fuller when clearly the judges will reward that tight condition? As you can see from Sean Roden, Hardy, like even Ian on the weekend, they're clearly rewarding the condition over the size, in my opinion. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. It's not totally consistent. But I just think today, 2021, size and fullness have sort of taken a higher priority or they're, they're rewarded more heavily than conditioning, whereas years ago it was probably the opposite. 
I hope it goes back to the you know the old ways. I think it was a much more pleasing physique. Well, I mean, we have classic physique now for that. That's that's how I feel. I don't, I don't, I still don't think we should ever have to look at a bubble gut on stage or you know big yeah. lumpy synthol muscles. But classic physique. I mean, those guys are phenomenal with the tiny little waist and the wide capped shoulders, wide lats, flaring yeah. quads like a bumstead. I think. Yeah. I think if you ask a thousand fans of bodybuilding, would you rather look like Chris Bumstead or Big Romney? I doubt more than a handful of them would say definitely Big Rummy. A hundred percent agree. And um, even if you could look like Big Rummy, you're probably not going to. And that's what people need to understand. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's, he's, um, a, he's a, a mute. I use the word mutant because it's if you think about it, someone like Rami is a genetic mutant. That's a one yeah. in a million. Yeah. yeah, man. I think he's going to, you know, shock a few people. He's obviously got, you know, Dennis and Chad behind him. He's obviously. I don't think he's going to come back worse. It's like he's the guy to beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's finally cracked the code. He's got the formula. Uh, I heard he is, I think right now or right around now, he's already returning to Arizona to stay with Dennis again. Yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait to see what he does. <clears throat> Who's the hardest bodybuilder you've ever trained with? Oh, did I actually? Or, yeah. or a cu- no, couple of guys. There's a couple. I mean, Jose Raymond is a very, very intense trainer. He's the one, he's the pro I've trained with the most, probably. You know, I used to meet him about every week for a couple of years. So very, very, very intense trainer, very strong guy. And he's, he's the one I can say for sure, because that's, that's him, that was him every day. That was nothing special. He wasn't doing it for the cameras or anything like that. Um, trained with legs with Branch Warren. That was the only workout I ever seriously thought about punking out on and and saying, sorry, Branch, I can't, I can't go oh. on. It was so bad. <laughs> I was just about to ask if he trained with Branch. So he, he does live up to his height? Yeah, it was legs. We did legs, and he had been – I was sort of I – uh, I was helping out with uh, Gaspar Nutrition at the time, and I was driving him around to local appearances. Actually, you know, he had a rental, but I was sort of his helper. We had already made two different uh, store appearances that day. We had driven all over the place, and we didn't get to the gym until – nine o'clock at night and it was crazy sweltering hot jim's ac wasn't working properly um and this guy starts off with leg extension drop sets of 100 reps what the fuck yeah then we go into heavy hack squats then it was regular squats then it was leg press it just went on and on and on and it's the pace he's very strong and he, he moves at a very very fast pace he doesn't rest much I was just really struggling, struggling. Like I couldn't drink enough water. I couldn't seem <laughs> to catch my. I couldn't catch my breath. He was. Yeah, he kicked my ass. Dorian put me through a leg workout. He didn't train with me. That was also very, very tough. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to give up. And that was after I had been on a plane all night from uh, Logan Airport, Boston to Birmingham Airport, UK. But man, yeah, that was. A, I wouldn't have wouldn't traded that experience for anything. Man. Yeah. Do you? Like, obviously, Branch trains with a ton of volume. Uh, yeah. Do you like that approach uh, more or more the Doreen Yates type, type of style? Somewhere in the middle. I don't believe uh, – I, I don't – I've tried the Doreen Yates. I give that actually, especially in my younger years, I gave that HIT style a solid run. Uh, you definitely get stronger. I personally feel most people would need more volume to see more muscle growth, more hypertrophy. But I also don't think – Anyone needs to be doing 100 sets per workout either. 
<laughs> somewhere in the middle. You know, I've seen Branch's Branch's leg workouts. I've interviewed him many times about his training, and what he did with me was not even half. I don't think of what he would normally do. He's going out after that and pushing sleds around the parking lot and lunges, and you know, we didn't do all that. So he's he's crazy, man. I, I he's some of his videos are just they're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, Fright, frightening intensity. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever trained with Jordan Peters? I've heard he's one of the best in the UK in terms of intensity. I have not had that privilege. I've never actually met Jordan. Um, if I trained with him, I would have to go back in a time machine and train with him when I was in my 30s. Because, <laughs> yeah, my joints, aren't, they're just not what they used to be. I, I used to do all kinds of crazy, crazy heavyweights on just about everything. And I can still go heavy on some things, but definitely a lot of things I used to do are just a dream now or just a memory. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you that because the listeners will be pretty intrigued in that. Um, what's what's your thoughts on, you know, that super heavy training? Do, do you think it's needed to build your, your desired physique or do you think load is, you know, it's only so much of what you need? It's all of these other mechanisms like tension, uh, volume, etc. I strongly suspect the latter. I, I strongly suspect you don't ever need super heavy weights to build maximum muscle mass. Because I do a little bit of re- reading in the research journals every once in a great while, or I'll just see a summary of something somewhere, I should say. And it does seem that there's evidence that you don't have to even go to full intensity or full uh, anywhere near your top, top lift, your, uh, your maximum lifting amount to, to see the results but everyone that i know that has done that with them has acquired maximum muscle mass has done so with the use of very heavy weights doesn't mean that it's necessary but they've all done it yeah so it's i don't think anyone really knows I, I i would hate to think that i my joints are all shot to shit for nothing but i could have avoided all this and looked exactly yeah. the same or maybe better yeah, well, there's a lot of guys out there preaching it now and, um, you know, just lifting moderate loads and, man, some of the best physiques I've seen. So you don't know, you know what I mean? Well, if that's true, uh, I, I hope more people adopt it because less people will find themselves in their 40s and 50s with lower back pain, elbow pain, knee pain, shoulder pain especially. Yeah, like you look at Ronnie. Ronnie now, he's um, yeah, very beat up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. sad. But um, who is your favorite favorite bodybuilder of all time? Arnold. Arnold. Yeah, yeah. funny. I yeah. thought you were gonna say Jay. <laughs> no, I mean Arnold is just that was it's it goes back to I saw Pumping Iron when I was maybe nine eight or nine years old on on television late one night and I was just transfixed. And then once I started seeing him in the movies a few years after that, the action movies and everything, you know, it was just so in, it was so much of an inspiration. Nobody else had that reach to be able to inspire so many people because he was the top box office star for over a decade. And, you know, Jay is an amazing bodybuilder. Ronnie Coleman's an amazing bodybuilder. Physique-wise, you can argue several other people over Arnold for sure, but he had this total package of charisma, the physique, uh, just a, a real wit about him too. I mean, people wanted to be around him. People wanted to know about him. I, I don't think we would be where we are in the sport today if it hadn't been for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I totally agree. He's just got the whole package, not just on the stage, off the stage too. Yeah. I mean, who, every guy wanted to be like Arnold. Every woman wanted Arnold. You know, he was just that guy. 
Yeah. How often do you do you come? Obviously, with COVID, it's a bit weird now. But how often do you come to Australia? Do you come to the Arnold Expo when it's on? I've never been to Australia. Do My you daughter... want to come or? Oh, sure. I'd love to come. Of course, I'd love to go there. <laughs> yeah. I just thought you might have been to one of the Arnold Pro Shows here and, you know, maybe done some exposure, but, yeah. No, my daughter's been there twice because her husband's from Sydney. He lives here, but they goes back to see his family every now and then. Oh, nice. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple more questions before we go. Sure. What's your thoughts on Kai Green? Nobody knows what this man is doing. Do you think his days are done and he's just happy making money doing what he's doing, or do you think he'll 100%. make a return? hundred percent believe he's perfectly happy doing what he's doing. He has really nothing to gain by going back to the Olympia stage or the Arnold stage. He's already won multiple Arnolds. Um, I don't think he believes he would win the Olympia. And if, you know, even if he believes he does, why would he take the chance of possibly going and getting second, third, fourth, fifth, something like that. It sort of takes the mystique away. Whereas if he looks constantly like he could do the Olympia and his fans think he could beat whoever's currently the champion. I think that's more powerful. That's more powerful for his brand, uh, his career in general. It keeps people talking about him. Whereas if he goes to the Olympia and gets beaten, you know, that's, uh, that's not as good. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think he had one of the best positions. Like, I think he truly could win it, but, yeah, it's hard to tell. It really is. Yeah, let me, let me throw that out there. Of course, I believe he's still got a fantastic physique. And, you know, I'd, I would love to have seen him last year next to Rami. Kai at his best next to Rami. I don't know who would win. I'd, I'd have to see that comparison, but I wish I could see it. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard to tell because you obviously don't see him. You know, he stays in great condition, but he's obviously not peeled, you know what I mean, on his Instagram right now. So it's hard to tell. Yeah. He would probably, he would need, the way he keeps lean, fairly good condition, I bet he could get ready for like 10 or 12 weeks if he really wanted to. Yeah, I just see. I just think he's done everything in the bodybuilding career, but he hasn't got the O title. I just think that would be in the back of his head. So, yeah, three years in a row he took second place. Yeah, but it was to arguably one of the best physiques ever. So, absolutely, yeah, I mean, yeah. If I were him, I don't know. I would probably want, want to jump in and see if I can get one before it's all yeah. said and done because the clock's ticking. He's fifty. Not he's not fifty. Born in 75, so he is what? Uh, late uh, 40s. Late 40s, yeah. Yeah. 46. 46 years old now. So, clock's ticking. What's your thoughts on Sean Roden? He's he going to make a comeback? Because he definitely has the talent to, I think, still take out a, you know, when he does get tight, he's just got that great structure. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of that aesthetic look and uh, symmetry, proportion, balance, the Sean Roden that won the Olympia a couple of years ago would have beat the big Rami that won last year. But, you know, yeah. he's, they're not, he's not going to be allowed to return to competition until that whole legal matter is resolved. And I've heard nothing about it be, being resolved. It's, there's been no court dates. There's been nothing happening for so long now. It's terrible. It's crazy. He's another, he's another one. He's got, he's got to be 46 or 47 by now. 47, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not, not a lot of time left. And he's already missed... This will be his third Olympia in a row that he missed. Yeah. What's something you want to see change in bodybuilding or you wish to see more of that's not happening right now? Um, I probably would, you know, this is just my a fantasy because there's so many things that would need to happen for it to become possible, but more money for the athletes. It's, 
Yeah. It's crazy how little money there is versus how much money they invest, how much time they invest and effort. But, you know, it's, it's a sport that has a very niche market. It's not a mainstream appeal sport like uh, soccer, football, basketball, hockey. We don't have you know, millions and millions of people around the world watching it every week, glued to the glued to their favorite teams and things like that. So, but yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible. I feel bad when I go to these shows, especially the shows that aren't the Olympia level and, you know, $10,000 for first prize, first place for the winner and then on down the line. So a guy might get a thousand dollars for fifth place or something. And it's, he spent, <laughs> how much did he spend? That'll, <laughs> that'll pay for one of his GH kits. <laughs> Not even that. I mean, just the, yeah. The air, the, yeah. The gear, the drugs, the gear, that's the one thing. But I mean, just think about airfare, hotel, all the food you spend. If you're hiring a coach, you got to pay that coach. There's a lot yeah. of expenses involved. Do you think so? Do you think this is because bodybuilding doesn't have as much money behind it, or they're not getting the the uh, the people around the world tuning in? It's it's definitely a case. To, in my mind, there's not enough money going into it. It's not you don't have the millions of dollars of merchandising and uh, sponsorships from big companies like uh, Coca Cola, Ford Motor. Yeah, we don't have, we have supplement company sponsors and people think all oh, these supplement companies have plenty of money, but you compare a major supplement company, even that in our little world to something like a, a Coca-Cola or a Ford motor company or Toyota, something like that. It's, it's small, small beans. It doesn't compare yeah, at all. Totally agree, man. Let's hope it does change in the future because the amount of work they're putting in, it's, um, it's not much in return. No. And that's why I tell I, all the kids, the kids come to me and, you know, they say, I want to be a pro bodybuilder and make all this money. I said, do not get into it if you think you're going to get rich. Do not. You might end up making money later on or you might not, but do not count on it. It's something you have to do out of passion. So it is a professional sport, but there's not a lot of money in it. And most of the people make money by capitalizing on their physique or their titles in other ways. They become coaches or they get sponsors or they start their own supplement company it's not usually from the actual competition and prize money at all yeah who are three reputable coaches that for the listeners listening that you could say you know hands down they're they're a genuine good coach um and they you know not obviously won't just take on pro yeah i we just lost probably number one on my list john meadows yeah very sad Um, Um, i never I've spoken to many of his clients. I never heard one bad thing about him. Um, yeah, I'm you know, I, very sad about good, that. I hear good things about Matt Jansen. Chris Aceto is still very popular. Uh, Hani Rambo doesn't take on many people at all. George Farah. Uh, I think Fakri Mubarak still works with people. You know, all the big-name coaches, if, if they weren't good at what they did, word would have gotten out, and they would have, their reputations would have suffered. So they're all, I think all those name coaches are fairly consistent. And those are the only ones I really keep up with. Yeah. Have, that's funny you say that. Have you been watching, have you watched Leo's channel that has Boston on all the time? I saw one, I saw one episode. So what, what they do right now is every, every week they actually get calls to call in and they yeah. blast real stories of coaches that they've had bad, bad experiences with. Wow. And Man, there's like I'm I'm not joking. Every single week, and I got nothing against this guy. Matt Jensen's been on there. Um, Phil Viz, you know what I mean. The list goes on, um, and it's just it's kind of insightful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I would say to anybody if they were going to hire a coach, 
I would definitely want, say, at least three references from the coach and clients, people that they've worked with, unless you, or you might already know that these people work with that coach. And I would want to know from them, what does this guy expect of me? What, what are his protocols like? Uh, how, is his, how is his communication? Does he, does he return texts and emails in a timely manner, phone calls? I would want to know all these things because it seems like they all have – I have seen a couple of those things, uh, those episodes, or at least clicked on little parts of them. And it seems to be common threads in the certain coaches. The protocols are, you know, what the what the client perceives as dangerous, and maybe they are, or they take their money and they like never can never get a hold of this guy. Yeah, it's it's, it's things things like that. So I would want to I would investigate. Don't just throw your money because everyone's a coach now. Everyone. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask one last thing. What's your favorite part about writing for muscular development? What do you most like writing about? Uh, I actually like writing what we call service articles. So it might be, you know, 12 tips to get your biceps bigger. Something, don't get me wrong, I love interviewing the guys and telling their stories and and talking about their achievements and how they got to where they are. That's fun too, especially because some of them are pretty inspirational. But I like to be able to write something that I know is going to help someone where they can read that and the next time they go to the gym, they can implement some of the things I was talking about and start getting better results themselves because I, that's the most satisfying thing to me. It's not when someone says, I love your coverage of the Olympia or, or that interview you did. I love it when someone says, you know, your articles have helped me so much. I gained this amount of muscle or I dropped this much body fat. You know, that feels good because it actually helps someone. It wasn't just entertaining someone or reporting on something. Yeah, man. I want to, could you leave all the audience, um, how they can find you, where they can find the magazine, and anything upcoming that you uh, have on. Yeah, sure. So it's uh, the website is musculardevelopment.com. That is basically our home base. Uh, we post repost articles on there. We have all kinds of contest galleries from all the contests we cover. Uh, there's a forum. There's discussion forums. You can talk about all different kinds of things, gossip, drugs, you name it. Um, we have a YouTube channel called Muscular Development. I do a lot of content for that. Uh, as the online editor, that's sort of my main responsibility, uh, especially in interviews. I do a lot of interviews on there. And uh, my Instagram is at Ron Harris Muscle. And muscle, Muscular Development is at Muscular Development. Perfect. Um, I really appreciate you having you on, uh, Ron. It's been amazing. Um, I'd like to get you back on again, maybe after the Olympia. Yeah. Um, it's always good to do a little segment too, but... I just wanted, you know, the listeners just to get a bit in, insight into like, you know, the life of a, you know, a writer for a, a magazine that's heavily influenced in the bodybuilding scene and just the ins and outs of some things that people might not hear on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, no, it was fun, man. Yeah, we'll do it. Definitely want to do it again if you're, if you're interested. Absolutely, man. I appreciate having you on. Um, good luck for the Arnolds and the Olympia and uh, we'll stay in touch. All right, man. Thank you, Jackson. Thanks, bro.